want to put the main focus in this hour on the US and US politics. We are uh, a, a year away, just under, almost exactly a year, in fact, just under uh, a year away from the US presidential elections, and things are really heating up. Uh, Donald Trump was in court today, which is all part of his uh, electioneering, it would appear. He was warned to avoid political speeches and just answer the questions by the judge. He was giving evidence in his civil fraud trial while the judge was threatening to remove him from the courtroom. There were a series of rather tense exchanges with the legal team. Here's what Donald Trump had to say before going into court earlier. This is really election interference. It's all under these trials. Ridiculous. The numbers are much greater than on the financial statement. And we've already proven that. They said mar was worth $18 million. Mar-a-Lago's worth anywhere from probably 50 to 100 times more than that. Uh, but we will go along and we will hopefully uh, do very well in every regard. We will win the election and we'll make America great again. That's what we're willing to do. We're going to make America great again. But we have to take away from the thugs that we deal with and the horrible people that actually must hate our country to do this. But we will uh, we'll fight very hard for our country. Thank you very much, everybody. So Donald Trump seizing the opportunity, really, to get a bit of electioneering in. And you've got to wonder whether all of this is really uh, actually helping Donald Trump and his campaign, despite the goings-on in court. Uh, And he will also be pleased to see that that polling is going very well. The the latest set of polls in key states in the US put him ahead of Biden in those crucial states. So I'd like to ask you, do, do either of these US presidential candidates appeal to you? Do you think it matters to us here in the UK who might become what some people call the leader of the the Western world? Do you think maybe the Democrats need to start thinking about dumping Joe Biden, who is perceived, whether you like him or not, he is perceived by many in the US, I would suggest, as, as just too old for the job. Equally, as you heard there, I think Donald Trump is is pretty rambly and often doesn't make much sense. Are they really the best two they can come up with? And how representative is Trump, do you think, of of a huge chunk of Americans, or is he, for them, Republicans, the just the least worst of, of the two? What do you make of it all? 0345 6060 973. And who better to talk about all this but Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent, who joins us. Morning, Simon. Tell us what's been going on with uh, Trump in court then. Well, I know this will come as a shock to you, Clive, but Donald Trump decided to use his historic appearance uh, on the witness stand, the first uh, former president or sitting president of the United States ever uh, to find himself testifying in his own defense at a criminal trial uh, to uh, essentially engage in something of a political rally. And there were a series of very angry and combative exchanges between Donald Trump and the judge in the case and between the 
judge and Donald Trump's lawyers, with the judge uh, consistently attempting to get uh, the former president to answer questions directly uh, and concisely to stop uh, taking jabs at the uh, Attorney General uh, of New York State, Letitia James, who was sitting at the back of the courtroom. She, of course, brought this civil lawsuit uh, against uh, Donald Trump's business empire. Uh, he took jabs at her. He took jabs at the judge in the case. Uh, on his way into the court, he described this as political lawfare, uh, a, uh, a dirty tricks effort, uh, he insisted, uh, to derail his efforts to uh, win back the keys uh, to the Oval Office on his way out of the courtroom. Uh, once his testimony was over, uh, he absolutely insisted that this uh, case is a disgrace. It should never uh, have been brought. And he sent his lawyer, Alina Haber, uh, out onto the steps of the uh, courthouse, uh, specifically seizing on a comment that the judge had made in frustration during uh, the course of some of Donald Trump's testimony and uh, making the case that she says she's going to advance for a mistrial. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. That was what rang true, loud, and could not have been more honest coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. So let's be clear about why the judge said that. The judge doesn't like when President Trump explains what actually happened because it's not good for his narrative. This is a judge who clearly has an issue. If you've seen his behavior with me, you've seen his behavior uh, with the president today. He has a clear issue with facts that are not good for the case. This judge decided this case and liability before we walked up those stairs. I didn't have a shot. So right now we're sitting here doing a whole dance and the only thing they want are facts that are bad for Trump. Now, she's right about one thing there, Clive. The judge in the case did indeed rule that the Trump organization had committed fraud even before this civil lawsuit on an array uh, of broader charges got uh, underway. Uh, and that's why Donald Trump uh, not only rejected that ruling, but insisted, as, as Ms. Haber suggested there, that the, that the fix is in. He also got to the stage during the course of his testimony today where he was actually trying to advance the argument that if anything... Uh, the Trump Organization's accountants had undervalued, not overvalued, uh, some of their assets. He uh, insisted time and again uh, that the trial is a disgrace. He told a prosecuting attorney that he should be ashamed to be in the position in which he found himself questioning uh, the former president today. Uh, and he insisted uh, that while he had participated in valuations of some of his assets, uh, that he didn't intervene directly in much of the this work, leaving it to his accountants and financial advisors uh, to make final decisions that were in the interests of the Trump organization business. Remember uh, that the, uh, at stake here is the future of that organization, uh, with the attorney general in the state of New York seeking $250 million uh, in damages from the Trump organization and also seeking to ban Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, the president's second son, from ever doing business in the state again. But as much as that was on the former president's mind today, his mind was also very clearly focused on the political consequences of what was taking place inside that courtroom. Well, quite. How is this all playing out with the US public then? 
Well, uh, the indications are at the moment that it is not damaging Donald Trump in any way, shape or form. And remember uh, that this is just one of a variety of criminal procedures uh, that the former president now faces in a variety of jurisdictions. He's been charged, of course, uh, with making hush money payments to the adult film actress Stormy Daniels. He's been charged in connection with his alleged mishandling of classified documents after he left the White House and, of course, in connection uh, with his claims uh, of election interference and the uprising on Capitol Hill on January the 6th uh, of 2021. 91 separate criminal counts are facing the former president of the United States. And yet... Uh, 364 days from America's next presidential election, uh, we are awash with polling data that suggests Donald Trump might win it. There was a poll published over the weekend, two polls in fact, published over the weekend uh, with one year to go until election day, uh, showing that in key battleground states, those swing states that we talk about every four years, the, the states that sometimes vote Democratic, sometimes vote Republican, always decide the outcome of the presidential race. Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden in five of those six states, and in some states, way outside the margin of error. In Nevada, according to the New York Times poll, Trump is 10 points clear. In Georgia, six points clear. In Arizona and Michigan, five points clear of Biden. And in Pennsylvania, this one is within the margin of error, four points ahead of Joe Biden. And that is devastating for the Biden team. We've seen here in Washington, while the president was in court in New York today. More and more Democrats expressing concern about these polls. Uh, we've seen some Democrats breaking a bit of cover with the White House and very gingerly suggesting that Joe Biden should consider whether he really, really, really wants to run for re-election or whether he shouldn't consider leaving at the end of one term in the White House and uh, opening uh, the race up to a competitive primary uh, among his fellow Democrats for the party's presidential nomination. I mean, there are definitely Democrats here who are spooked by these polling numbers that they've seen over the course of the last 48 hours and really on a continuing basis astounded as we all are by the Teflon qualities of Donald Trump and his seeming ability to float above even 91 separate criminal indictments. You know, the New York Times has a headline uh, in its current edition online. It says Trump indictments haven't sunk his campaign, but a conviction might. I mean, we keep hearing time and again and again, well, there's been a set of circumstances and it hasn't derailed Donald Trump, but maybe the next set of circumstances will derail Donald Trump. And then the next set of circumstances circumstances arrives and it doesn't derail Donald Trump. Would a conviction of criminal charges derail him? Maybe, but that's a pretty thin hope for Democrats as they as they hurtle uh, towards the primary season that will be getting underway here as soon as uh, the Christmas and New Year holidays are over. I can imagine that a lot of American voters will be looking at the two of them and, and possibly not being very enthusiastic about either and thinking, actually, they're both really too old. Well, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, the idea that there are 300 million people living in this country and November of 2024 is going to be a rematch between the two elderly gentlemen, let's be frank, who ran for the presidency uh, back in 2020 is an extraordinary outcome. I, I mean, all the more extraordinary given Donald Trump's staying power and the way in which he cemented his position seemingly in the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination at the moment. It's not really 
really a race, is it? I mean, he's 40 to 50 points clear of his nearest rival uh, among the Republican uh, aspirants for the presidential nomination. Uh, certainly, Joe Biden is in difficulty, and he's in difficulty with Democrats even before the crisis in the Middle East, which has further dented his standing and reputation. We saw protests here in Washington over the weekend by pro-Palestinian groups encircling the White House, referring to him as Genocide Joe, uh, saying, we will vote you out. I mean, even before all that started, he was already in difficulty. The last Gallup survey uh, showed that he'd lost uh, the approval of 11% of Democrats in just one month. I think the next survey, when it comes out soon, is going to show a further diminution in support among Democrats. So there have already been Democrats craving the opportunity for a younger cadre of party uh, members uh, to run for the presidential nomination. And on the Republican side, you know, they're kind of frozen in aspic because the challenges to Trump, and they're already out there, you know, we saw Mike Pence drop out of the race, but Governor dropped uh, Ron DeSantis of Florida is still in it. Nikki Haley, uh, the former governor of South Carolina, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations is picking up some of the uh, support that uh, will no longer uh, attach itself to Mike Pence. Uh, I, I mean, they're all challenged by needing to find language that appeals to Trump's supporters without necessarily embracing the full package of Trump conspiracy theories. Because, uh, you know, how do you appeal to Trump supporters, for example, if you don't believe that the outcome of the last presidential election was rigged? as Donald Trump falsely maintains. Uh, I mean, this has been problematic for all of these other challenges. Uh, and the time is beginning to run out. I mean, it's still a year away from Election Day, obviously a long time. Uh, a lot can happen. Uh, but one of those challenges to Trump, if they're going to break through, has got to find the language or the strategy to appeal to Trump voters and somehow peel them away from him. And it's hard to see uh, how that's going to happen. On the Democrat side, I, I think we're in for an interesting few weeks here because we've got the Thanksgiving holiday coming up uh, on November the 23rd here, Clive. It was over the Thanksgiving holiday last year that the Biden family, and it is a family decision, uh, decided that Joe Biden should seek re-election. It's possible they're going to have a very, very different conversation over the Thanksgiving dinner table this year. And if Trump were to get in for a second time, uh, there's been a lot of talk about him wanting revenge and, and maybe he would be going to court and, and getting his own back. Can you see that happening? Oh, he, he's been absolutely explicit about it. I mean, he has said on numerous occasions on the campaign trail in the last few weeks, if Joe Biden can engage in the political persecution of his opponents as president, I guess I could do the same thing if I was president. And he's indicated absolutely that he wants to uh, launch a criminal probe of what he maintains is the uh, organised crime family that is uh, the Biden family. Again, a claim made without any evidence to back it up uh, whatsoever. But he's also making it known uh, that he has plans that are being laid now by a committee of advisors to seek retribution against some of the people who served in his own inner circle in his first term in office and then turned against him. People like his former chief of staff, uh, John Kelly, the former attorney general General of the United States, uh, William Barr, one of his former lawyers, Ty Cobb. They are all said to be within the president's sights. And they're talking within the Trump inner circle 
about how you avoid what they perceive as the mistakes that Donald Trump made during his first term in office. His efforts to try and find ways of working with people. You remember former FBI Director James Comey, the former Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, whom, at the end of the day, Trump just decided were not in any way uh, what the United States needed in those positions. Uh, how can you essentially do away with the independence of the Department of Justice? That is an active conversation in Trump world. And if we are sitting down in, what, 364 days' time, uh, embracing the possibility that Donald Trump has just won re-election to the White House, uh, if those ideas are acted upon, they really threaten to derail what we have all known uh, for the last 200 plus years as the checks and balances that lie at the heart of America's democracy. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.